Hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Eric Whitaker, the founder and executive chairman of Zing Health. How are you doing today, Dr. Whitaker? Well, it's great to be with you, Tony. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. So could you tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to become a physician? Sure. I, I think probably the most defining thing about me is that I'm from the south side of Chicago. And that experience has influenced what I've done and who I am. Uh, and and so, you know, as a, a, a high schooler, you know, I was in a, a, a program for students who were minority and interested in the sciences and, and the health professions and got exposed to um, medicine. Uh, and one of the really cool things about the program was that, you know, we, we got taught about what's, what's now called social determinants of health. We called it social medicines back then in the mid, mid 80s, but really just the idea that um, the health of an individual is impacted by the community they live in, the family they live in, and that sort of thing. And, and that influenced me to know that, one, I was going to become a doctor one day. But secondly, that I was not going to only be a doctor for the one-on-one -on -one patient interaction, but I was going to be a doctor for communities. And so, you know, in addition to doing medicine, I also got a degree in public health. Interesting. And Zing Health, can you tell us a little bit about your business and what differentiates it from other healthcare um, businesses? Well, well uh, sure. The, the, you know, Zing Health is the, the third insurance company that I've been a part of starting um, since 2012. Uh, and, and as I started looking in 2017 at, at, um, at uh, Medicare Advantage, the type of health insurance for, for seniors, uh, I noticed that for Black folks in particular who were on Medicare, that they uh, only elected to become a part of Medicare Advantage at 19% when the rest of the country was electing to, to opt into Medicare Advantage at a, a 40 and a 50% uh, type of rate. And why is that important? You know, traditional Medicare just is a bill paying mechanism. So you go to, go to the doctor, uh, you get the bill paid. Medicare Advantage has a lot of wraparound services that, that are, uh, are a part of the program, including paying for dental, hearing. Um, you know, the, uh, it also allows for supplemental benefits like a food card um, for transportation to, to the doctor um, and all sorts of other things. But we, we as a community, uh, the Black community, were missing out on that. So as I looked at the opportunities in Medicare Advantage, um, you know, came to the idea that I wanted to create a, a health insurance that was founded by doctors, but also would target the black and brown communities uh, and, and really uh, try to uh, uh, improve health care by addressing the social determinants of health. Interesting. So during the height of the pandemic, uh, I believe you almost went out of business. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Well, I, I think all of us, uh, <laughs> you know, who are black, tend to understand this. Uh, when there's more more uh, month than money, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, I, I tried to do the traditional venture capital uh, route, which is you you set milestones, you raise money to meet the milestones, and and then you raise your next tranche of capital. And so I raised the seed round, met my milestones. I raised what I call the C plus round um, met my milestones and, and then was due to 
uh, actually get a check for, for $40 million in March of uh, 2020 and COVID hit. And as you might imagine, a lot of investment firms started looking at their portfolios and, and they just, the, the investment firm that was supposed to write the check decided that they were going to hold off. Uh, well, that, that didn't help me because I had, uh, a, you know, basically a burn of $100,000 every two weeks with 30 employees. And, and uh, so all of a sudden, I didn't have capital. And I'd done my part and done everything everyone had told me to do. And I got to this place where literally if, if I hadn't uh, been able to uh, go into my own nest egg from a previous business that I, I sold, you know, I would have been out of business. And, you know, and that, that's important. At that time, we had, you know, 30 people. And, and I think we only had one white person who worked for us. Everybody else was, was African-American. And, and that meant that, you know, they would have also had uh, challenges in their homes if, if I put, but, you know, if I laid them off. So, so we were very, very fortunate that, you know, uh, over that five uh, payrolls that I didn't have capital, that I had money myself and I was able to hit the phones and raise money to keep us going until we, we didn't get the $40 million check in, in August of 2020, but we did get an $18 million check. And, and that set us up to, uh, you know, then go on to raise a total of $190 million uh, for Zing Health. Mm -hmm. And that $119 million that you raised, tell us about the process of getting that money. How Was that easy? Uh, there was nothing easy about this. <laughs> <laughs> in, in fact, Tony, there's a gospel song that we consider our, our theme, and, and it says, we're still here. Because, <laughs> so, you know, you, you come through the fire, you know, we're still here. But, the, you know, I would say that... Uh, you know, we, we are one of the fortunate uh, Black-founded companies that was able to find private equity and, and venture dollars. Uh, as you know, less than 1% of uh, venture dollars back Black founders. And, and we actually have seven venture firms on our cap table, along with one private equity firm. And, and I have to tell you, it was painful going out to try and raise money for something that uh, is impactful and as clear as day to me of, of the need for it. But, you know, a lot of the, the folks who make decision at venture firms don't understand us, our community, our, our people, what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, and I was fortunate that there was a company in Chicago uh, called Oak Street Health uh, that had, had put clinics in our neighborhoods. You know, like where I used to practice for, for Cook County Hospital, they set up a shiny new clinic down the street from it. And I met the founders and, and the good thing about getting this introduction was that uh, I understood that the, 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 that investor was not afraid of our neighborhoods because <laughs> they had already funded a business that was in our neighborhood. Right. And, and I think that they uh, clearly understood the opportunity to address healthcare needs of black and brown folks. So, so that was important, having that personal introduction to funders that funded things like I wanted to do in neighborhoods like I want to be in. But the other thing is I was able to find some funders like Kpor Capital, where you don't need a warm introduction to get into it. You just have to have a good idea and they'll look at every business. Because uh, that's the one of the dirty little secrets about venture capital is that if you, you're not showing up with a personal introduction from someone who they know, 
then you won't get access to even their attention to be able to get money. And so, uh, you know, over time, I was able to network and find my way into those networks. But but a place like KPOR, you know, you don't need that warm introduction. You can you can just get introduced. Uh, and, you know, you can introduce yourself <laughs> and what your idea and, and then they can decide if they want to find you on the merits and not because of who you know. Right. And something you said earlier was interesting to me about how you weathered the pandemic because you had actually sold a, a business previously. Can you speak a little bit on the acquisitions and then exits that exits that you've had in your career, like over the years? Yeah, you, you know, so, uh, you know, it's funny, I'm a government physician. I, you know, I've only practiced in in public health settings that had um, at the the uh, Cook County Hospital in Chicago and San Francisco General Hospital uh, in San Francisco. And so the fact that I'm an entrepreneur now uh, on the for-profit side is is a wonder. You know, people who know me from my early in my career are surprised. But but we're really, you know, I had been entrepreneurial in the government and not-for-profit sectors, but then I decided that perhaps that the, the sort of... Uh, values that I have bringing that to the for-profit sector could be an interesting thing. Uh, and, and so I ended up starting a, an insurance company in 2013 with a partner that we grew over three years to 2016. Uh, and it was a Medicare Part D insurance company. And Medicare Part D is pharmaceutical insurance for seniors. And we, we grew that from nothing to 48 states 420,000 uh, members and 2 billion in drug sales over a three-year period. And we sold that business to United Health Group. And, and the, the, you know, the lesson from that deal was that I had to get the deal done. So my investors made 15 times their money in the deal and I didn't have money to put in the deal. So the, my investors made a lot of money. I made some, uh, but the important things was, was that I had a, a deal done that had a track record that I could point to as I went on to, to raise money. And and I, I certainly wouldn't have raised $190 million for Zing without having that win where it was demonstrable that, that I could put together a team that could re realize value for investors. Right, right. Agreed. And you're being a little um, modest with your career background. If you could like tell us a little bit more about you know what you've done in your career and the I guess different positions that you've held that would be that would be great. Yeah, you know, like, like I joke that I'm a simple country doctor from the south side of Chicago, Tony, <laughs> who happened to uh, you know um, you know I went to uh, some some of these blue chip schools and and have uh, been able to ascend in medicine and public health um, at a pretty young age. Um, I you know I. Um, uh, as I mentioned, worked at Cook County Hospital. Um, and while I was there, started the first black men's clinic in the country on the south side of Chicago. Uh, it was notable for, you know, having all black physicians who were black male physicians who were the doctors there. Um, we, we built a barbershop in the clinic where men could get a free haircut. At the time, you know, we were sort of getting redlined out of jobs because, uh, you had to, they wouldn't let you hand deliver a, a resume. You had to email it in, but email wasn't widely available at the time. So you could come to our clinic and we would email your resume 
to the job and we would help you develop the resume. We had a parenting class there um, and we also had a rites of passage uh, class there. So that got a lot of national attention uh, when we did that. And it led to me becoming the state health commissioner of Illinois when I was 37 years old. Um, and I did that for four years and I had a lot of impactful experiences as a result of that. In, in fact, Tony, we, you know, we saw the first case of monkeypox, which is now some, a thing uh, back in 2003. Uh, and it was the first case in North America at the time. My team and I uh, saw that back then, and we focused on health disparities as a part of that. Um, after I left there, I went to University of Chicago, where I, I took over something called the Urban Health Initiative, which uh, Michelle Obama started, and, and she twisted my arm to come to uh, University of Chicago, and I got there. And, and then her husband, Barack, started running for president a month later. And so she left me there. I inherited her staff of 30 people, and, and I led that for, for six years. And we were really trying to create urban models of care uh, on the South Side that you could replicate uh, throughout the country in urban centers. And today that work, uh, the work of my team is being done in New York, North Carolina, LA, Dublin, Ireland. You know, and, and, and while I was there, I got really radicalized around the fact that uh, I was trying to raise $100 million for the Urban Health Initiative, and, and Black and brown folks would come and understand exactly what we were trying to do, but they didn't have money to write checks to support the work. And the other folks who did have the checks, they would say, you know, this all seems nice, what you're doing, Eric. I'm gonna go write a 50 or $100 million check to go save the whales. <laughs> and, and I would be like, I'm trying to save black people on the South side. And, and uh, but, but I came to the conclusion that that's their money. They should be able to do with it what they want. And, and decided to, I came home to my wife and said, uh, baby, I think we're on the wrong side of the table. We need to be on the side of the table that can write checks to support uh, HBCUs, research like I'm doing with my team, uh, the political candidates that support the sort of vision of the world that we need for, for the Black community. And, and so that led me to then becoming an entrepreneur on the for-profit side of the ledger, as opposed to being entrepreneurial in government and, and in not-for-profits. Okay, thank you for sharing that. And switching gears a little bit, when it comes to health disparities, what would you say is the most pressing health issue in the Black community today? Uh, you know, I, I don't even know where to start there, Tony. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, you know, literally for almost every category of disease, uh, we we lead it. Um, you know, what we're, we're in the midst of doing at Zing Health is really having a focus on uh, what's called metabolic syndrome uh, that includes diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, and high cholesterol. And, and one of the things that I've seen in my career, and I think this is documented in general, is that there's been a, a you know, usually when our community gets uh, access to technology, it's later in the development of technology, not at the forefront of the technology. And so one of the things we're doing for diabetes is there, there are these things called continuous glucose monitors that you can, you know, put on your arm and it'll attach to your, your uh, smartphone and measure your sugar continuously all day. And for all of our diabetic members in, in Zing Health, we're pushing this out to our membership at, at no cost. 
Uh, this, this means that we're getting this technology that's relatively new out to our community first, as opposed to being at the lagging edge of technology adoption. And, and along with that, we're you know, uh, having insulin be zero uh, cost. Um, and, and so we really are focusing on diabetes and hypertension and, um, and, and high cholesterol as a combination to, to really try to move the needle and improve health for seniors who are part of our, our plans membership. That's fantastic. And what would you say is the most are are the most important factors when it comes to running a successful healthcare company? Well, I, I, I have to say I'm fortunate to have a better team than I deserve. <laughs> uh, you know, at every position of leadership in our company, uh, those folks are smarter than me at what they do. Now, my job is not not inconsequential. I you know I come up with the vision. I raise the money and I, you know, I'm able to sell a vision such that people will leave some cushy job somewhere else and go on this crazy entrepreneurial journey with me. But, but you know, we, we have a very, very seasoned team, all of whom have done uh, what I'm trying to, you know, done, done the, the jobs at the type of business that I'm trying to build. And, and so... Uh, we're we're clicking on all cylinders, and I'm extremely proud of the fact that you know we 80 percent of our workforce is is African American, and we have a uh, you know a, a few uh, Latin ex folks, but but you know we we built a diverse uh, team team leadership wise and throughout the ranks of our business, and if we do well, we will create uh, a, you know a great deal of black wealth that can be reinvested in our community. That's great. Health is wealth, right? That's it. It's connected. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Whitaker, for your time. Uh, congratulations on all the success with the business, and you have a, a great rest of the day. Well, thanks, Tony. And please keep telling our stories because, you know, we need to inspire others to really pick up the mantle and build businesses that can serve the needs of our community and, and, and basically create wealth so we can invest in our communities. Yes, indeed. We will definitely keep doing that. Thank you so much for stopping by again. You have a great day. You too.